Happy Insights Podcast. My name is Tyler Bullets, and welcome back to the second Sunday of Advent for the week of December 8th, 2019. And I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I am excited because we are in this season of preparation. It is an amazing time of year where we're watching cities become illuminated as we are having more and more darkness and having more and more cities prepare for Christmas and the illumination of it. And I think it's just a fun thing. I really enjoy seeing cities come alive in a new, refreshing ways as they decorate for the holiday season. And I think it's something where at times, again, it gets into this whole idea of preparation and what does that mean and how do we prepare and what's worth preparing for. And I think there's a lot of questions that we can dig into that this week on, but I think it's just also thinking about that consistently as we're working through Advent here What does that all mean? But before we get into this week's podcast, I have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, having professors from Luther Seminary in St. Paul being able to bring a podcast for me, since I am not an ordained minister, it helps give me a lot of direction to be able to bring this to you on a week-to-week basis. So if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. The second shameless plug is, if you haven't checked out God Friended Me, I'd highly recommend it. On the 8th here, they are having the next episode in this great season, and it's just a really fun way to think about how God works through people, whether they know it or not, and the various different ways that God is working. And I really enjoy seeing that side of it and how the human element still comes into it. So if you haven't checked out God Friended Me, I'd highly recommend it. Finally, before we get into this week's podcast, we have to look back to last week's Twitter question, which the Twitter question last week was, how can I prepare for Christ and for the rest of my life? And how am I prepared? And it was interesting getting responses for this. I had ones hoping to be prepared this Advent season to be able to see the needs of others. And I think it's something that, especially this time of year, it's one of the things that I find that's so special about this time of the year. And it's one of the things that I really love that isn't the commercialization of it. It's where we have the bell ringers and you suddenly see people thinking about being generous and giving. Yes, sometimes it's thinking about it for tax breaks reasons, but sometimes it's really out of the genuine part of their heart that they've been blessed and they want to be a blessing to someone else. And I really enjoy seeing that aspect being presented. Another response that I did get was talking about just how there are different things in life that we have that we are prepared for, like having a generator on board with different parts of your life, having a generator as a backup, having a pump maybe in your boat in case something happens, or having an extra shovel for plowing out your driveway. These different things where we are preparing for the worst. And I think there's a point to that that really plays in well with thinking about being prepared and what does it actually mean to be prepared, but also thinking about it from a personal standpoint of what does it mean then, what is the clutter and what are the things that are actually worth investing into in our own personal walk with Christ. And as we're going through Advent, it's a great time to be thinking about that.
So let's jump into this week. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. This is the entrance of John the Baptist. And we've talked about things with John the Baptist before. I'll attach a couple links down below. One talking about his actual camel's hair, which is really an interesting material. It's kind of like merino wool where it keeps you warm when it's cold outside and cool when it's warm outside. Just the thermodynamic properties that camel's hair has. But you have John the Baptist coming out of the wilderness, proclaiming this and calling out the Sadducees and Pharisees, calling them a brood of vipers coming from the end of verse 7, and essentially saying that he is the one preparing the way to having Christ come. And it was one of these things this week as I was thinking about and preparing for this text is how crazy this would have sounded if you were someone who was just a normal Joe Blow on the street, that just having this guy come out of the woods and baptizing people and then saying that he is not the Messiah, but the Messiah is coming and that he isn't worthy of carrying his sandals, that this guy, you would assume at this time period, but this person is coming to bring forth a new world order. And what would you even expect with that? It's just crazy to think about. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. This is a text that often gets referenced in Advent because it's one of these prophecy-type texts that we get out of Isaiah talking about Christ coming out of the root of Jesse. And especially, it's easy for us being on this side of the cross, being able to put those together. But this also goes further into what is this Savior going to look like? What is the Lord going to look like in this time? That he's not just going to be judging by eyes or by hearing, but by righteousness and shall judge the poor and decide the equity for the meek of the earth and goes through some of the elements of who he is going to be and how this is going to change the culture. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. You have this idea of people coming together who normally wouldn't be together. And how this is going to change how we perceive life moving forward. The psalm this week is Psalm 72 verses 1 through 7 and 18 and 19. And this again continues on that type of theme that we pick up from the first reading of how this God that we have doesn't play by the human rules. He plays by his own set of rules with righteousness and caring for the poor and prosperity of people in general and looking for, in a way, a peace and a harmony to be working together with. And it's a beautiful psalm to be thinking about again, what is this second coming of Christ going to actually look like? The second reading is from Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 13. This is Paul reminding people what does this all mean, being a Christian. This is the statement of 
this is what Christ did for you, and he did this in glory, and he did this for you, and all the different sacrifices he did. So thus, it should empower you to go out and share the faith, being willing to rejoice that this has happened, but don't just keep it for yourself. Share it with others that because of the good news that this is and how this has changed your life, go forth and share it. There's a lot of different ways you can take these texts. And the easy answer would be looking as somebody who is calling out especially for climate change. But I feel like over the last six months, I have talked about that plenty But I will highlight the ELCA has a really good little devotional called Faith Lens. I'll attach it down below. It's fantastic and kind of goes through how we have indicators in life and different symbols or people who are ahead of their time or person being able to call out some injustice or the simple thing of how miners used to bring a canary into mines to help them understand when they needed to go up for fresh air because the carbon monoxide was getting to be too much. There are simple warnings like that, but I want to take it a similar path, but yet different. And the way that I want to think about it is just stop for a moment and think about how much your life has changed since you were a child. And for some of you, that's maybe not that long. For me, I just had my 28th birthday, so in a way, it's really not that long ago. But there has been a lot of changes. There has been a lot of things that have changed. We could argue some for the better and some for the worse, but we've had different things that have been talked to us throughout life And at times we were arrogant to the people proclaiming that message. So one that I think of is an early clip from national news. And I'll see if I can find it It was from like the today show or something. And they're trying to explain the at symbol with email. And the host just isn't understanding this and having a hard time grappling with email And many of us now, well, you're receiving this via email, most of you. And the aspect of that, most of us now have maybe multiple inboxes with tons of emails that come in. But if you think about, if you rewind 30 years, that was a very new concept. And people were talking about how it was going to transform how we sent mail, how we communicated, how we even received communication with businesses, and we've watched it happen before our eyes. One that's a little bit more recent that I can distinctly remember talking to my parents about is text messaging. And yes, text messaging was technically around in the 90s, but I would argue it really got a jump in the 2000s is really when it took off. And if you remember back, if you're old enough to remember back, where cell phone plans, you had number of minutes, and there was also an additional package that you could get to have texting. And remember talking distinctly with my friends in high school who had texting and who didn't have texting to be able to communicate. And 
it's amazing to think about how expensive it used to be if you didn't have a texting plan, how easy it was to rack up a nice texting bill. If I remember right, being like 20 cents a text, it was crazy. But if you think about now how we even have things like Facebook Messenger now or so many different communication applications and how texting has become such the norm in a lot of ways, this was breaking new ground and pushing us forward into a different age. Another one I remember and thinking about is Video Vault or blockbuster type of ideas where you would go and rent movies. And then I remember hearing about Netflix and hearing about Netflix sending movies to your house and thinking that was really, really cool. And now Netflix being one of the biggest video streaming platforms that's all digital through the internet, which we had a hard time even thinking about 20 years ago when we were having early broadband or dial-up connections for most of the country. We look back and go through, like we talked about even a couple weeks ago, with going to electric vehicles and how even in the last 10-15 years with electric vehicles, how that seemed far-fetched. And now that's becoming more and more of a reality. One final one that I will throw in, but I'll attach a link to some more where other people had weighed in, is I think about renewable energy technology. I remember as a kid hearing about solar energy and how there was so much work to be done. And there still is a lot of work to be done, but I feel like the reality, even though solar energy itself is hundreds of years old, I think there's also a point where the typical consumer and the understanding and being able to afford solar energy has become a reality for more and more people. And the payback and being able to actually see the potential and that it's a valuable asset that makes more and more financial sense also, I think is an interesting proposition. And when I think about all this stuff, I try relating it back to that gospel text out of Matthew. I think about what would it have been like in a multiple situations here. What would it have been like to have John the Baptist coming out of the wilderness, wearing this camel's hair with a leather belt, eating essentially grasshoppers and wild honey, and proclaiming all these things? And he ends up having a small group of followers who would have eerily looked similar to what Jesus would have looked like not that much later, in my opinion. He's baptizing people, talking to them, calling out the church, and that you're not doing this right. What would the response be? Would they welcome that news easily? Would they just take that in and, well, thank you. You know, I've been really thinking that there's maybe something missing from how we've been doing temple. I highly doubt it. They probably would have called him just a lunatic. And if we think about when we're looking back at some of this different technology that now has become a major part of our everyday life, think about cell phones and how in the 1980s it's a literal block literally designed just to make phone calls, where now it's essentially a small supercomputer that is 
what laptops maybe were even easily 10 years ago in your pocket that you can carry around with you. The computer that you have in your pocket is more powerful than what it took to send the original rocket to the moon in the original Apollo missions. Think about that for a moment. We landed people on the moon with less technology than what most people carry in their pocket on a daily basis. It's crazy to think about all of what has changed. And if you had somebody proclaiming that in the 1980s, that this block cell phone, that one day everybody will be carrying a mobile phone with them, what would you have said? There's so many things now when we look back and we say, well, it's silly that these people didn't adopt it. But it's because we have the hindsight to be able to say that and be able to look back and see how it did work out. And I think it gets back to the point that we've talked about a few times where people really struggle with change. And if you look at what John is proclaiming here, he's proclaiming that things are going to change. And what you're expecting is not what you're going to get. And we get that again in the second reading in Romans, where Paul reminds us of what Christ was and who he is, and then in a way sends the followers out, saying this is now who you are, the new identity that you have been given. You have been prepared through knowing Christ and through accepting this, you are now qualified to do this new mission. You have new goals, new aspirations, because you have accepted this. And you have been giving these freely because of knowing Christ. As you continue to grow, you will become more and more prepared for things that will come. That's why the Old Testament reading and the psalm are also so important, because they remind us of who Christ is. That it's not this just destroyer of all things, but this person who brings peace above all else. And that's not what we typically expect when we're thinking about world domination or world takeover is not necessarily through peace. I think about how much in this world has changed over the last 100 years easily, but you can easily go back just even 30 years. And how much has changed from cars now having the possibility of not only running on electric, but there's companies like Tesla who are clowning around with self-driving vehicles with AI making mortal decisions on if to hit something or not. And there's a lot of questions on what that's going to mean. And there's good and bad to both of it. And that sometimes it makes it really hard in this time, in this place. What are we going to do? And yet we look back at some point and we say, why was this such a hard decision? What were we missing at that point that we now know? I wonder now who are the different people who are proclaiming things that maybe we're having a hard time listening to now that we're going to look back later and say, how didn't we just accept that? I think of like Greta Tinberg, who this summer has caused a lot and continued to build this momentum on climate change and being 
recognizing it and thinking about it and getting people to react about it. Is she like a Martin Luther King Jr. of our generation? Is she someone that we look back later and question why weren't we all in support of? I don't know. It's too close to me right now. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell who is the proclaimers and who's the pretenders in these arenas. And that's where I feel that faith and having this relationship with Christ to be able to help us through these times, to help us cut through the noise and be able to see at times where are some things that maybe sound crazy, but it's actually going to happen. One of the ones that I also, as I'm flipping through this article of just major inventions over the last 30 years, and it's something I distinctly remember as a kid, thinking it was so cool, but also thinking, why would anybody need it, was caller ID. Having a phone where you could see the number pop up, and then you getting to the point where it's saying the name of the person who's calling. And to think about that most of our phones now, they automatically do that when you call somebody. You have your contacts in your phone. It can, And if it's a call, it's not recognizing. It's not only just saying that it's possibly a spam call or whatever, but it's often telling you what state it's coming from. Things that we didn't think we needed at one point, and we got by without at one point, but yet now has become essential parts of our day-to-day lives. When John is calling out the Pharisees and Sadducees, he's trying to tell them to prepare for this person that is coming, who is going to tear down all their expectations of what they think they know, to bring forth a new way of life, a new way of worship, a new way of relationship with our Maker. And just like these inventions that we've had throughout life, we see how it's changed our world. We also have to realize that there are things that are going to come up that in our own faith that are going to continue to change our own faith. So as we're in this season of preparation, I think there's a point where we have to be prepared for having our faith shaken. And not shaken to the question of, all-out doubt, which we always should have a pinch of doubt in there. It's shaken to open up a new understanding of who God is. As I look at tech and things that are going on around me now, and think about how we're getting these folding smartphones that are trying to be, in a way, flip phones 2.0. I think about OLED screens that are bendable, and what does that mean? Especially like you have companies like Canadian Goose, I'll attach a link down below, having whole displays that are giving you virtual testing of products in a department store. We have cars being driven not only on electric, not only running off of alternative energy fuels, but being able to sense blind spots and helping make sure that you stay awake behind the wheel. Is that going to be the new normal? I don't know. Is AI having to make decisions on life or death on humans in accidents a good thing? These are hard things now. 
But just like when we are challenged within our faith and as we are in the season of preparation, we have to be okay with digging in and sinking our teeth into these difficult things and understanding that we will come out different on the other side, but it will be okay. Life continues to go on. Things may get more difficult or they might get easier. There are going to be things that we think are going to be the next big thing and flop. And there will be other things that we don't think will be a big thing and they will succeed. One of the things that I find extremely funny is I send out a Twitter question each week. And I distinctly remember being in high school telling my mother that I did not think Twitter was going to ever work because it was a Facebook status, and that's all it was. Why would anybody want to just be doing Facebook statuses? Boy, was I wrong. We have to be prepared to be right, be prepared to be wrong, be prepared to listen and see where Christ is bringing us. So the Twitter question this week is, in your lifetime, what are some things that came into your life and totally changed it? Or things you didn't expect to be a big thing and became a big thing? Or what were things that you were expecting to be a big thing and they just never were? I'd love to hear your responses on that. And maybe together we can then help figure out what the next big thing is. And maybe it'll give us a direction on where the next big God thing is going to be. Because I would love to know that. I want to know and see where God is moving. And sometimes I think it takes us working together to really be able to see that. And I'd love to have that appear through your responses this week. Life is difficult. And it gets really hard to be able to cut through all this noise and figure out who are John the Baptist and who is just a poser pretending to be John the Baptist. And that's where I'm so glad to have God and Jesus on my side to help me figure out and cut through that noise so that I can make better decisions on where to put my time, my work, my effort, to know where God is steering and to be able to hear his voice when he's telling me it's time for change. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.